I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. And, and it's personal for me, and I'm sure it's personal for everybody in here, how Christ can change our life the closer we go to him. And anytime I get to come up here, I like to just briefly talk about the Bible before I get going. As you all know, this is such an amazing book. This book has changed my life, my family's life, everybody's life in here that, will, that you will let it change if you get into it and you read it and you apply it. It's an amazing book. Um, I encourage you all sometimes, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, it's hard to read. I, a couple of times ago when I preached, I even mentioned, you know, start with a little book. Second John is a half a page. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. It's a half a page. Just take it and read it. And then you can tell yourself, wow, I read a book in the Bible. <laughs> and next thing you know, you'll be, you'll be digging in even deeper and you'll be wanting to read a bigger book and a bigger book. And then the word gets hold of you. And that's why we're all here today. Um, Justin McVicker, he's a trainer at uh, Trinity Fitness. And this past week, he, what, Trinity Fitness is a gym you go to and it's a Christian gym and they actually um, do a devotional before you work out, which is really incredible. And a lot of times I need a devotional after I work out. Um, he told me something. He said, the Bible, there's seven groups in the Bible, and I've never really looked at it or known this. I just want to share it with you. The Old Testament, as we know, has 39 books, 17 historical. It's Genesis through Esther, and that's the fall and rise of the Hebrew nation. Five poetical, Job through songs, literature of the nation's golden age, 17 prophetic, Isaiah through Malachi, literature of the, of the nation's dark days. Then the New Testament, 27 books, four gospels, Matthew through John, the man who the nation produced. I never knew, I've never really looked at this or heard this, so I found it really fascinating. If anything, we're learning something about the Bible right now. Then there's one Acts, the reign among the na- of all nations begins, 21 epistles, Romans through Jude, his teachings and principles, and lastly, Revelations, forecast of his universal dominion. I can't wait to meet these guys in heaven, you know, just to have a conversation with them. And, you know, a lot of people say the Bible, it's written by man. Well, God chose these men to write the Bible. He's, he's powerful enough to do that. He definitely knew what he was doing. Um, and one last thing, too, is, you know, back then, too, you'd have to go to temples or mountaintops to hear the word, and you had to go all these places. Now, I can take this book anywhere with me. There's no excuse. We all have cell phones. There's apps on there where you can get stuff right immediately, especially if you're struggling with something. So today we're here to celebrate Jesus and all that he does for, for us. The story I'm going to read is in John 9. Um, And the entire book of John, the author clearly emphasizes Jesus' relationship with the Father. That was his main goal right there. John states his purpose for writing his gospel. John wanted the people to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, thus receive eternal life by following him. We must always want to grow closer to Jesus. That's why we're here today. We come here, we want to hear the word, we want to get our relationship better with them. For me, this is where I'm not where I want to be when it comes to, to that. I want to be closer to Jesus. Every day I want to be closer to him 
I want to do my day, day with him. I've even tried to look like him. I've tried to grow a beard, and I'm 50 years old. I still I have beard envy with teenagers. That's pretty sad. <laughs> um, I'm not talking about where I want to be in my flesh. That's easy. I could just say I want to be on a island with my wife and my children in perfect eight-foot surf. That'd be my flesh talking. And even more, my selfish flesh would be I want to be with my wife and I on an exerted island all alone. That'd be really cool. I'm talking about our spiritual life. I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. This is, I'm talking about our spiritual life. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a, a better son to my parents. I want to be better in this community that, Jace, that Jesus has placed us in. And most of all, I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to be more like him. I want people to, to look at me and to look at you all and say, wow, what does that person have? What's going on? I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God where I used to be. Came to me a few weeks ago. I was in my driveway. I was in my house, actually, and I was having a bad day. Just things of the world seemed to be getting to me. Things weren't going right in my life. And I was just having a pity party. You know, we've all had those. And, and God spoke to me, and he said, man, shame on you, John. He goes, shame on you. You need to lean on me if you're not where you want to be, and you definitely need to thank me because you're not where you used to be. I'm 50 years old. I didn't accept Christ in my life, honestly, like really accept him into my life. I knew who he was my entire life, but until I was 42 years old, I was blessed to have Kim and Eric Bissonette come to our house. We were new at the church, and they were just reading the Word of God to us. Every night we had a Bible study going. And, and so, again, for me, it's, it's really personal. You know, I accepted him into my life. And, again, he spoke to me. He wrecked me so bad that night. I came in. I was crying. And my wife's like, what? What's wrong? And I was crying. I mean, I was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, honey, I just heard something. And God spoke to me. And you know how I've been telling her I'm just complaining about different stuff, and he just spoke that to me. We are all in this process together that has started, and we've not finished it. We should be happy that we are in it and thank God that we are not where we used to be. Jesus gives sight, Jesus gives sight to those that receive him. Jesus gives sight to those that receive him. So why are you here today? Wow, it got really quiet. <laughs> Why are you here today? Is it you want to get closer to Jesus? You've got something you're struggling with? You might be here thinking, man, life is great. I'm here to thank God for why I'm here and what he's done in my life. But just think about that. Why are you here today? All right, our first scripture, John 9, 1 through 12. As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I love that. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. 
Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed. He came home seeing. Wow, I mean, he came home seeing after he did this. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I do not know, he said. Let's pray. Lord, Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. I pray that we hear your words today in this book. Lord, I pray that we leave here somehow changed to be closer to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. In this chapter, we see different reactions to Jesus. There's a lot going on in this chapter. I mean, there's a ton of he said, she said, I didn't, you know, all this stuff happened. The neighbors reveal their surprise and skepticism. The Pharisees showed disbelief and prejudice. The parents believed but kept quiet for fear of excommunication. And the healed man showed constant growth in faith. Each reaction, Jesus allowed the man to reach a clearer understanding of whom healed him. Praise the Lord. A common belief in Jewish culture back then was calamity or suffering was the result of some great sin. But Jesus used this man's suffering to teach about faith and glorify God. We live in a fallen world where good behavior is not always rewarded and bad behavior is not always punished. Therefore, innocent people sometimes suffer. If God took suffering away whenever we asked... Think about that. We would follow him for comfort and convenience, not out of love and devotion. I'm not where I want to be. Regardless of the reasons for our suffering, Jesus has the power to help us deal with it. When we suffer from a disease, tragedy, or disability, try not to ask, why did this happen to me, or what did I do wrong? Don't ask that. Instead, ask God to give you the strength for the trial and a clear perspective on what is happening. When you get through this, you will thank God that you're not where you used to be. Praise God for that. We can do all things through Christ. When Jesus spit on the ground and made mud in order to repair the man's eyes, he was working with original materials. Genesis 2.7 says... The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed it into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. It's pretty cool if you think about that. This states that God formed Adam's body from the dust of the ground. Jesus was demonstrating our creator's awareness of the materials he first used to shape the human body. Again, how amazing is that? This is definitely a faith-building moment. It's not the mud that did the healing. It was his faith being built up. His faith was being built up. We all have our faith-building moments. One of mine was uh, 
gosh, this goes back like eight and a half years. I, again, I was really new at the church. There was probably a hundred people in the church, and Jason's parents were there. And we, again, there was like a hundred, hundred fifty people in the church, and wanted to meet his parents. And I'm like, hi, my name's John Bellavo. And I'm like, man, Jason is amazing what he's doing in this church. We love him. He's, he's changing my life, my kids' lives, my wife's life, my friends' lives. And his mom said, hold it right there. And she did this with love. She said, don't you ever focus on my son. You focus on the Lord because my son could get up and leave tomorrow. I'm thinking, Jason, what'd you do to your mom, man? <laughs> she ain't talking too good about you right now. But again, I, I didn't know. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I'm thinking like, man, you must have been some bad boy. But what she was saying is the absolute truth. We must always focus on the Lord. Always focus on Jesus, not on, not on man. And I used to do that. You know, for me, that was a faith-building moment. This chapter goes on. The man born blind was brought to the Pharisees. They asked him what had happened, and he repeated to them, I told you what happened. He put mud on my eyes, and I was healed. The Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Some of them were saying, this is not a man of God. How could he have done this? So now they're all divided. There, again, there's a ton of stuff going on. They're all divided. Jesus is in the house. He's rocking the world. He, people are getting confused. Then they asked the man again, how did this happen? He said, he must have been a prophet. And at this point, they still did not believe he was blind to the blind man. They even went and brought his parents and asked, is this your son? This is later on in the story. They said, yes, this is our son. And then they, they explained, we don't know. Again, we don't know what happened or why he's seeing again. So they brought the man back in again, and, and they asked him questions. And he said, all that I know, this is, ver- this is another verse, but this is awesome. All that I know is I could not see, but I can see now. Praise God is right. All that I know is I could not see, but I can see now. They asked him again what happened, and he repeated I told you already, why are you not listening to me? Do you not believe that Jesus could do this? The Pharisees were saying, we don't know where this man comes from. But the man that was blind said, isn't it interesting that you don't know where the man comes from, but yet he healed me? Again, this whole thing is just a wreck for some of these people right now. This is because they did not believe in him. Jesus heard that the man was thrown out, so he went and looked for him. He said to the man, Jesus said to the man, Jesus replied, are you, Jesus replied, you are talking to him and seeing him right now. Then the man said, I believe, and he worshiped Jesus. God wants us to continually move forward. Again, I'm not where I want to be. God wants us to continually move move forward. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Now that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting 
that forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Amen for that. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Again, I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. Paul said that his goal was to know Christ, to be like Christ, and to be all Christ had in mind for him. This goal took all of Paul's energy. This is a helpful example for us. We should, not anything, we should never let anything take our eyes off our goals of knowing Christ. With the single-mindedness of an athlete in training, we must lay aside everything harmful and forsake anything, again, forsake anything that may distract us from being an effective Christian. I mean, think about that. Things come into our life. People might come into our life. We we don't want to let anything to distract us from our goal. Is there something holding you back right now? Out of a room this size and this many people in here, I'm sure there's some of us that there is something holding us back. I'm not where I want to be. Paul had reasons to forget the past, and he held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. We all have done things for which we are ashamed. And we live in the tension of what we have been in and what we want to be. Because our hope is in Jesus, however, we can't let it go. We can't let it go. And never look back. Always look forward. You know, I always, I always say to myself, and I like to tell people, don't let what happened yesterday, an hour ago, two days ago, a week ago, or a year ago, or 10 years ago stop you from moving forward. Because every day that we wake up, it's a brand new day. And God has blessed us with that. Instead, grow in the knowledge of God by concentrating on your relationship with Him. Realize that you are forgiven and move on to a life of faith and obedience. Look forward to a fuller and more meaningful life because of hope in Christ. I want to tell you about some testimonies. I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. And of course, these testimonies I'm going to tell you about, the people located, I'm not going to say their names. And this is why I love this church so much. This is one of the reasons. There's several reasons why I love this church so much. The other reason is y'all. You guys are amazing. Um, There was a man that uh, called me up, and uh, him and his wife, they were in the hospital, and they asked for a hospital visit. I went to visit them. And this is one of those cases where you go in to visit someone, and you think, you know, I don't know what I'm walking into. Well, I got there, middle 50s. um, He was diagnosed with cancer. He's got children, grandchildren. And this all, this all happened too recently, and, and he almost said the exact same words. I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. He said, my wife and I started attending Coastline a little over a year ago, and we really weren't church people. But we came to church, we accepted Jesus Christ into our life, and we're going to be okay. <laughs> this, it, it melted my heart. I mean, that's why we're here. This is what we do. And the guy and the wife started crying, and next thing you know, I'm crying. But it was a happy cry, you know? 
It was sad what's going on, but he flat out said, we're going to pull through. We're going to move on. We're going to make this. And, you know, and he said, because I'm coming to Coastline, and I said to him, you know, too, yes, God is working through Coastline, and he acknowledged that, and he said, man, I love this church so much. He loves the people in it. I'm moving forward. I'm going to make it through this because I have Christ in my life. Had another um, call. A couple called up, and they said, we want to meet you. We want to talk about our marriage. And we met. And usually when you go into a, a situation like that, you're thinking, you know, there's something bad in their marriage. Well, they came in with a testimony. They said, hey, I want to tell you what this church has done for what this church has done, what Coastline Community Church has done in our relationship. We were this close to being divorced. We haven't gone to church in years. We walked in here, and they said, praise God, we're good. I'm not where I want to be. We're not where we want to be, but we thank God we're not where we used to be because our relationship is that much better, and we're working through it. I mean, amen for that. Um, last, last one, again, there's several, but last one, um, a guy and his wife, um, they bumped into him one Sunday here, and again, they were just praising Coastline. I love Coastline, and you know what? Aren't we blessed that Jason and Raina moved here, that God's working through them for what we're doing? I mean, we really are, and it's such a blessing, but he was just praising Coastline. Um, I ha- he said, you know, I had a drug addiction. I was trying this, trying that. Uh, and things were working, but he goes, it wasn't until I stepped into Coastline Community Church, again, gave my life to Jesus Christ, accepted him, and he stated he had the exact days. It was over a year that he's been sober, alcohol-free, drug-free, just amazing things were happening. Um, let me grab this book right here. Will you hand that book to me? This book right here is called Armed and Dangerous. Anthony, Pastor Anthony uses this for, uh, for his youth. I love it because it's really a simple read. <laughs> um, armed and dangerous. What this book does right here is if you're struggling with something like I asked, is there something holding you back? This book right here starts out. It's got everything in here. If you go to the front... It's got everything in here. That, again, everything is in the Bible. If you, I don't care what you're struggling with. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's there. Some people will come up to me, and you know, a lot of times, because I'm so new at this, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, I'll get with Pastor Steve um, or Jason, and you're like, oh, yeah, you, know, you can get back and show them this. But what this is is armed and dangerous, Philippians 6.11. This is our sword. This word is our sword when we go to battle. When you're not where you want to be and you want to thank God that I'm going to get out of this through Jesus, that's our sword. So like right here, it just goes through stuff. Um, Adultery, alcohol, backsliding, baptisms. Baptisms. I I encourage you, like that video you've seen Pastor Nathan did, if you haven't been baptized, get baptized. Get baptized. Go to the tent and sign up. So in this book, again... Everything from adultery, that when you go to it, it, it has verses to go to. Proverbs, Matthew, Luke, everything's in here. Alcohol, um, Proverbs, Proverbs, Galatians. It's just an amazing tool. Bitterness, Romans. 
So again, it's all in here. And, and if, you, if you're somewhere and you can't get hold of a book like this, just Google it. <laughs> again, we have that power now, the age we're in. It, it's amazing. So whatever you're struggling with, because you're not where you want to be, please don't just let the day go by. Dig into his word and let him take control of your life. By the way, as you notice this sermon, I don't have any points, so you're probably saying he hasn't got to the first point. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know if it's my style or what. I was talking to Steve about that. I'm just not that talented. I can't connect all the dots. Um, I can't even get out of the house sometimes dressed the way I dress. I had a plaid shirt on with the lines going this way and a pair of shorts like that. And my wife's like, no, you're not leaving. I thought it was great because everything was going one way and the colors matched. You guys are even agreeing with her, man. What's wrong with y'all? I couldn't even spell plaid. The computer kept coming up with a line under it. How do you spell plaid? I'm thinking P-L-A-D. Well, apparently it's played. I, I don't understand that one at all. Apparently, you're with me on that one. First Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul was not teaching that we should thank God for everything that's happened to us, but in everything. Evil does not come from God, so we should not seek him for it. But when evil strikes, we can stand still and be thankful for God's presence and for the good that he will accomplish through your situation. I want to encourage you all, wherever you are right now, if you're struggling in life, you want to do better. If you're not where you want to be, again... Grab the Bible, get prayed up, get into the Word, and then you will be thanking God you're not where you used to be. There are some of you in this room right now that might say this message, this message is not for me because you're right where you're happy. You're where you're at. That's great. I'm happy for you if you're there. But for most people, again, we're all striving forward to do something a little better. And if you're going through something, again, remember... God might be building you up. Maybe you can give a testimony about it one day, and you can tell someone, hey, I was, I was where you were at. I wasn't happy, but I thank God where I am now. John 25, we read this earlier. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, I was blind but now I see. Isn't it so true? Isn't it so true? So many of us were blind before we accepted Christ in our life. I personally did not know Jesus until I gave my life to him. I was living in the worldly things, and I was focusing on things like that. Heck, yeah, I still have a lot to work out. All of you that know me, yes, we all do. The man who had been blind had heard the same questions over and over. He did not know why or how he was healed, but he knew that his life had been miraculously changed, and he thanked God for that. 
We don't need to know all the answers in order to share Christ with others when things happen. It is important to tell them how he has changed our life, though, and then trust God he will use our words to help others believe in him, too. This is where the pavement hits the road. The blind man comes through to Jesus against everything that happened to him. His own puzzlement, his parents' cowardliness, fear of getting involved, the religious leaders' fear of excommunication. The moral is clear. Only those that are blind of Jesus will not see. Last, Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Let's always remember, Christians are brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives us new life, and we are not the same anymore. We are not reformed, rehabilitated, or reeducated. We are recreated, living in a vital union with Christ. So again, if you're not where you want to be, or if church is new to you, always turn to Jesus, the Almighty. He can give you the answers. At conversion, we do not merely turn over a new leaf. We begin a new life under a new master. At conversion, we do not merely turn over a new leaf. We begin a new life under a new master. While this, new li- while this newness is true individually, Paul is saying much more. Not only, not only are we believers changed, but the whole new order of creativity of energy begins with Jesus. This is a new covenant, a new perspective, a new body, a new church. All of creation is being renewed, so take notice. This is not a superficial change that will be quickly superseded by another novelty. This is an entirely new order of all creation under Christ's authority. It requires a new way of looking at all people in creation. Does your life reflect this new perspective? So again, if you're not where you want to be, again, just lean on Jesus. Lean on Jesus. All heads bowed right now. We're going to close. If there's something in your life that's been holding you back, if there's something in your life that you want to change, if you're just feeling like you want to get closer to Jesus Christ, or if you want to rededicate your life or give your life to Jesus Christ, I just ask simply to raise your hand right now. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Again, if there's something holding you back, if you want to just, God, help me with this situation in my life. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. I pray that I will move closer to you. I thank you for what you did on the cross for me, Jesus. I pray that you surround me with Christians so I can become more like you, Lord. I pray for my family members around me to accept what I've done, Lord. I pray for other people around me to acknowledge what I've done. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.